show. Hello, friends, and welcome to Bantering the Blue Shirts Off the Post. I'm joined again by the lovely Shana Goldman on Twitter. She's at Hey Shay with six Y's in there. I think that's two A's. Two couple, A's, uh, six Y's. A couple consonants in there, too. You can figure it two out. Two H's. Are, those Y's are sometimes vowels. They're tricksy. Um, yeah, we're, we're here for some questions, Shana. Uh, I wish Tom was here, but he couldn't do the show today, which which is a bummer, but uh, I still love Tom very much. So do um, I. He's too busy I, for us. It's okay. I, I, I have mixed feelings about Joseph, but that's a, a conversation for another time. We'll start off with a question we got uh, from an email from Stephen Gloof, who apparently Joe pronounced as Gulf. Uh, once again, Joe uh, has disappointed us. Uh, my question this time is a lot simpler. Who would be on your Mount Rushmore of Rangers players? Any four players in the history of the franchise. Thanks. Shana, do you want to start your Mount Rushmore first? This is a really hard question because I feel like you could easily say, oh, Messier, Graves, Leach, Richter, done. But, like, I can't because you're missing a key player, and that's Henrik Lundqvist, who deserves all of the Mount Rushmores. So I'm going to say Lundqvist. I'm going to go Leach. This is so hard. It's, it's harder than it should be. Lundqvist, Leach, I guess maybe like Roger Bear belongs up there. I feel like he's a great, he was a great ranger, great former ranger too. I mean, talk about someone that's like stuck with the team through thick and thin. He's yeah, a great he's ambassador. Mine. And mine is, I think mine is Hank. Uh-huh. Gilbert, Leach, Messier. I think I go the same. It's tough though. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with yours. It's a good question. You know, it would be interesting if you broke it up by eras. Maybe like who's your Mount Rushmore of this century? Even like you're gonna have tough questions because they're franchise players, Lundqvist, and maybe if McDonough wasn't traded, he'd be it. You know, on it too. Yeah. But well, how about what's tough. your post 1994 Rushmore? Let's do that. So you can still include players like Leach, Messier, Graves, Richter. Which is interesting. Um, hmm. Or do you want to do lockout for t- today? Let's do that. Let's do that. Okay, we'll so do, let's take out all, yeah, all of those Lundquist, winning players. Yager, okay. I like and that. And then... Hmm. McDonough, maybe? Zuccarello. Zuccarello's on mine, for sure. I think McDonough. You know what? Stepon was so good. Oh, we yeah. We don't talk about Stepon enough. I would go step on a McDonough right there. It's definitely, it's definitely, uh, Yard can be up there. But I guess if you're saying, it really depends on how you're going to phrase the question. If you're saying <sighs> best players outright, or just these are, are the, the players four you presidents would, on Mount Rushmore, or four best presidents? Nope. No, but are they ones you associate, you know, with certain things? And I guess I would look at who do I associate with being a Ranger? It's not Yager. I'm going to, I'm going to pull him out then. And then I would go, Hank, Zuccarello, Stepan, and Ryan McDonough. I think that would be my four. I can't disagree with that, even though I think Yager had... I mean, other than Hank, I think he had... Is that Zuki barking? Yeah, she's, she's not near me, and she's barking. She's like, my door is closed. She is... That can't be good. Um, that's good. I like that question, though. I think we've... It's something that's come up before. I think, I think the hockey news or... Um, or Puck Daddy used to do something uh, like that. I'm trying to remember, but 
That's a good one. Like, it's really hard to not have Yager in there, but he just wasn't here too long. It's fun. But he was one of the few times they trade a big trade worked out in the Rangers' favor, really. Um, yeah. And now on to some of our other questions. Uh, let's go ahead with this one, Shayna. Uh, now that we know the buyout, what do we think the 3D pair is going to be from Panerwin 2020? Um, so you and I talked a lot about this really in the flagship. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of it, like you said, I think the word you use for Brendan Smith is he's a wild card because he's so versatile. He can play both sides. And we really don't know if he's going to be buried in the AHL or not. Is he and, good? Um, is he bad? We don't know. Yeah. You know, we also don't really know if he's, if he's good or bad, especially because we got to see a lot of him towards the end of last season playing wing and not the whole defense thing that the Rangers gave him four point. Three five million dollars to put anyway. Yeah, um, that that little chestnut. Um, that, that whole little wrinkle. Do you want me to go first? To pick, if you had to pick right now, right now, I'll I'll, I'll pick mine right now. Okay, my guess. Even though I think it's crazy because I don't think we're gonna see a rookie rookie third pair. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say it's Rikov and Adam Fox. I like that. I like that. It's bold. You have D'Angelo like Stall on your second, and you have Troops. And Brady Shea on your first. I don't think I don't think your best option is necessarily D'Angelo Stall, but I think given what you have, Stahl it is. Stall is any of the best no. options. But no, yeah. But I think you know, you know what works, and that worked enough last year. And I think the thing with it is really is um, Stall needs a partner that is a good skater. You know, we had Holden. Holden would pinch, didn't work out. Stall didn't get back. Holden definitely couldn't get back. Yeah. So. That was a problem. You have it with Neil Pionk and, you know, there were issues with that pair. And D'Angelo was really the player they thought Pionk was. So it kind of makes sense that he would be the guy to then fill that space and make the pair work a little bit. And I think D'Angelo has some really good instincts. I think he's a hell of a skater. There's obvious gaps to his game. But I do wonder if that works. I don't want to see a Fox stall pair. That's kind of my one, like, let me put my foot down. I would rather see him with yeah. Brendan Smith, Hayek, or Rikoff. But I do not want to see it with Fox and Stahl. And I don't want it to be, well, he's the veteran. That's why we're doing it. I yeah, hate to help that. Yeah, the rookie. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't think that there's any... It would give us a very skewed and unreliable first impression of Adam Fox in the NHL. Yeah, and it, it's like... There's, there's two misconceptions, and I think that an offensive defenseman needs a defensive defenseman because that really isn't the case. You can have a guy that's a two-way. You could go to offensive defenseman, but I, I don't think... I think you can go with, the, you know, like a neutral defenseman and an offensive defenseman and be just fine. You don't need a shutdown guy necessarily to balance that yeah. offensive guy, and I don't think you need a veteran to go with the young guy. I think that can imbalance the pair... What if you go with two speedy guys, two speedy young guys? Think of what that pair can do, you know? Sure, maybe they're not the best defensively, but maybe they're so good offensively and they're so fast that you're not constantly in your own end. Like, why not go for it? Hmm. Next question. There's definitely a lot, yeah. There's a lot there. This one is kind of tied to that, which is from William Flamholtz. What are realistic expectations for the development of our young NHL, AHL defensemen, namely Fox, Rikov, Hayek? D'Angelo. Um, I feel like we kind of touched on, uh, you know, Fox a little bit. It, a lot of it's going to depend on who his partner is, and that's going to skew what our expectations for him are. I'm going to say this, looking at what he was able to do, 
in college, I'm really expecting him to to adapt comfortably, especially if he isn't put in to, in water that's too deep for him. Um, you know, he w- was an absolute stud um, playing college hockey. He played a ton of minutes. He's very, very good with the puck. And this is not something where, you know, he has to figure, I don't think he has to figure out too much other than adapting to the speed and physicality of the game. I'd like to think that, you know, he might have, you know, the growing pains that we should expect any rookie defenseman to see, but I really hope he's going to be a kind of a staple with the Rangers this year. There's nothing that says that has to be the case, and that's an important thing to remember here, um, especially with, you know, how things have worked out with Leas Anderson and even Filipetal is, you know, just because you don't spend the entire year with the big club, we shouldn't look at that as like, you know, the kiss of death or something. Um, if he needs a little seasoning in the AHL, that's fine. Um, I'll, I'll tell you what, you know, I'm going to take Recob next, then you're going to take Hayek. That's what I'm going to do to you. I'm going to make you talk about Hayek more. Okay. Um, Recob, the thing I, I just worked on a piece, which is now, uh, I think, a day old for those who are listening to this. Looking at what Recob was able to do with uh, HC Sochi last year in the KHL really impressed me. The He t- took a huge jump in his role uh, from where he was playing with uh, SKA to what he was able to do with Sochi. I think he his ice time jumped up by like six minutes a night. The thing that's most curious to me um, is he has over 190 games of KHL experience if you include the playoffs with the regular season. So this is not like a baby that the Rangers have. And he's 14 months older than Libor Hayek. The thing that is the biggest deal, obviously, is he has to adapt to the North American ice surface in the NHL game. And that is, I feel confident that he should be able to do that. He's not a guy, he's really strong, but he's not an overly physical guy. I don't know how trustworthy the KHL stats are, but there's a fun little quirk, Shana, in all the games he's played in the KHL. He has like seven career hits or something. So, um,. It's just one of those things where maybe he's not a guy who takes the body a lot. Maybe he's a guy who focuses more on using his stick to make stick checks as opposed to body checks, which is obviously there's nothing wrong with that. We've seen a lot of NHL defensemen make careers out of kind of preserving their body and only using it when they really have to. I, I'm very excited about what he can be if he's not on... I, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't make the roster out of camp. And if he's in the AHL, I would expect him to really kind of have the first maybe six weeks or a month or two where you know there's times when he's trying to figure out the the smaller ice surface but then by mid-year I would really be surprised if it wasn't either one of the best one or two defensemen in the AHL with Hartford or very comfortably playing the third pair um you know probably rotated in and out every once in a while knowing this coaching staff but comfortably adapting to the NHL game. But it's it's big. But the thing to remember with Recob is the KHL is not a joke. It's the second most competitive and talent-filled league in the world. And he was a 19-and-a-half-minute defenseman in that league. And he's not, you know, he's not a kid. He's he's 22 now. So there's a lot there to be excited about for, with Recob. Tell me about Libor Hack. What do you want from Hack? Good question. Good question. Um, okay, so Hayek I think is a really interesting case because he 
when the Rangers traded for him, I think the expectations were set pretty high off the bat because it was said that he was a major part of the Ryan McDonough deal. And that's a con that sorry, that's a trade that it's McDonough, it's Miller, it, it's it's a big piece coming back. So if he was what made the trade happen, you have you're gonna have high hopes for this player no matter what. And obviously he struggled when he went to professional hockey. There's no question about it. So the problem is there's only so much that you can really analyze from what he did in Hartford because one, he was that bad, but two, everything that was going on in Hartford and it was chaotic. They were adapting to Quinn systems to try to match the Rangers in that sense too. And we know the adjustment period it took at the NHL level to get that figured out. It's obviously tougher at the AHL level. It's even tougher for I guess the same coaching staff to have to adapt systems from what they were doing versus, you know, a new staff coming in with the same players and doing it. Um, I don't think he's as bad as his last season in Hartford showed. I don't think he's as good as he was first touted to be. I think he's somewhere in the middle. I'm not very high on him as, like, a top defender. I guess he would be, like, a solid bottom four defender, maybe. Yeah. Um... Maybe not the guy we the Rangers thought could develop into a first pair guy. Yeah, I think yeah. it's the truth is closer to, you know, a guy you hope is maybe your your four or five. Yeah, and he obviously doesn't have as much offensive upside, and I think I think it's a challenge anytime you're analyzing a defenseman that is supposedly a defensive defenseman because things that can stick out can be things like hits and block shots, and sometimes that takes you out of position, that puts you in a worse place. So. It's all really tricky. I honestly am not sure that he's the guy that'll stand out enough in training camp to start on the roster. I could see him getting a couple games, going back to Hartford, or just starting in Hartford, working with Gord Murphy, who the Wolfpack just brought into coach as an associate coach. So he'll be, you know, his history is with defensive penalty killing. Maybe that's for the best, especially coming off the injury at the NHL level. What was encouraging was that he was really good at the NHL level. Will he be this time? It was a really small sample. If there wasn't an injury to cut his time off, maybe we'd have a better idea. So it, there's like a lot of moving pieces with that one. I don't think he stays with the Rangers the entire season. I could see him playing for parts. And if he looks more like the player that they saw at the NHL level, there's a very good chance he could stay and play on the third pair. But he's not someone I guess I'm overflowing with expectations for, considering everything, because he's definitely somewhere in the middle of everything we've seen just where exactly is the question yeah i agree and he also asked about d'angelo but i feel like you and i both would agree generally speaking with d'angelo you want to see consistency you want to see him not make those you know mistakes that are outside of the way he plays and keep his head screwed on straight and really just do what he has to do to convince david quinn that he's a reliable guy the other thing is uh, i'd like to see d'angelo sign a contract which is something that has still not happened. He and Brennan Lemieux both remain RFAs. Uh, moving on to our next question, Shayna. With Shattenkirk buyout, arguably the first misstep by Gorton in the last six months, can you lay out hypothetical next step scenarios where this made all the sense in the world from Dion NY Rangers? I, I'd like to think I'm a pretty creative and imaginative guy. I it's, it would be tough for me to think of a scenario where all this works out other than maybe, let's say, Brendan Smith suddenly finds his game, 
or let's say Vlad Nemestikov and Ryan Strom both play great and build up their trade value, and it turns out that the Rangers held on to the right guys that they could choose to flip before, you know, as rentals at this upcoming deadline. And all the ducks fit in a row. They end up with a bunch of prospects and, you know, or a couple picks maybe. And it looks like, you know what, they made the right decision. Shattenkirk continues to struggle in Tampa. It looks like the right thing to do. That could happen. Don't think it will. But there you go. Uh, that's that's one way things could work out. Do you have one, Shana? Uh, I mean, that is one way things could work out. <laughs> I agree with you. I don't see it happening, but sure, sure, could. Um, it cleared out space for this year. Yeah. That's how it worked out. That's how they're going to view it, I think, no matter what. It cleared out space for this year. In 2021-22, um, 20, it's really not a concern, a $1.4 million cap hit. It, it really isn't, especially when you look at the other contracts coming off. The years following, not so much either. Maybe... By the time it comes off the books, it works out even better because that'll line up with things like uh, second contracts for Kako and Kravtsov and Adam Fox. And, you know, things could get more expensive there. But, you know, it's not that super expensive to deal with in all of those seasons. But I don't know how you put a positive spin on next year at all. I don't think the positive spin is, well, that would have been $6.5 million sitting in the press box and being a seventh defenseman because I don't think that would have been the case had they kept him. I think he would have either played or been traded, and I think either option would have been totally fine. And I think if you, honest to God, think that that is your year to contend, to start contending, and I honest to God think it could be for the Rangers, when you Mm -hmm. consider everything, I mean, it might help to do it when you actually have goaltenders signed, and after 2020-2021, you don't. So you have that going for you. You have entry-level contracts signed, uh, you know, there, so you can balance your cap. That's the year to start going for it. Yeah. And you got a $6 million weight from that. You got $7.5 million altogether in dead space. That I look at it and go, maybe it works, but I can't get past next year. Hmm. Next question from Ari Kelman at Beezer34. With all this talk and concern about C2, meaning the second line center, any thoughts about trying Kako there? He played a little center. Don't think the pressure will be any worse for him than Heedle. That's a good question. I think Ari asked this uh, for for last uh, last time around for off the post, and it was one of those questions where we just kind of ran out of time. the The point about it not being any more pressure than him than it would for Heedle, I think, is a very good point to raise. Uh, with all that being said, I think the quote unquote right thing to do here is to start him at wing, where he's almost certainly a lot more comfortable. And to not put too much, to not put too much weight and pressure on him, which I mean, I feel like you could probably make a case, couldn't you, Shana? Like he's on your first line wing or second line center. Maybe first line wing is more pressure on him, but yeah, it might be. He's this is a kid who's played with and against men and kicked their asses, and I, you know, I, I don't know. I just. I ha- maybe I haven't given enough consideration to, Ka- to Kako being that second-line center. I would have thought Kraftsoff probably first. I mean, you just saw him yeah. last year at the World Juniors playing center a bit, so... Yeah, you know, yeah, Kraftsoff could be a part of that conversation, too. I just think, generally speaking, a lot of us feel like we were kind of rooting for Heedle for the both short-term and long-term game there. Um, yeah. The other thing that's... 
kind of an uncomfortable truth in this situation is the Rangers only have, you know, what is it, three more years, including this season, of Zibanejad under contract, and then he's going to get paid a lot more than he's being paid now. So, you know, finding a solution, a, a really comfortable solution for who that 2C could be this year would be a really big deal. Um, and I'm not saying that, like, you know, Filipino has to prove that. He's still 19. But, like, it would be great to see that happen. That's, that is something to keep an eye on, though. Like, there's a lot of, a lot of discussion about that third pair, the question we already answered, and this, this 2C debate, as Ari points out here, is, is a big one. And, uh, you know, if maybe that's something to look at in training camp, and maybe Kako is someone who emerges as a really strong option. If he becomes a center in the NHL, it would only be a good thing. Don't get me wrong. But uh, it would... If I'm not an expert on developing players and prospects, but I would lean towards, you know, starting him there at wing. And, you know, if there's an injury or something, push him over to center. Or or if there's, you know, a good excuse to shake the lines up or, or give him a try there, that's what I would do. I wouldn't hesitate to, to give him a taste at center or maybe even have it a bit of a rotation between him and Hedl. Maybe that's the, the good kind of middle ground solution there. you have any thoughts on this one, Shana? I think it's easier for a center to flip to wing than a wing to flip to center, and I think it, it yeah. really changes things. And if he can do that, obviously it's fantastic. But uh, I, I don't know. I think I'm a lot higher on Hedl there. I think if not for Hedl, maybe you can hope that's Lee Anderson's ceiling as a second-line center. You know, I think of I would, I would put it as Hedl as a top-six center, Anderson as a middle-six center, Howden as a bottom six center, and there's nothing wrong with any of that, but I think yeah, those are the two I would try to invest a little bit more time in, and if it's really not working out, then you reconsider it, but I think you have to do what's best for his development, and that might be playing on the wing. I think that you need to explore an avenue as well without impeding on anyone's development or putting too much pressure on it. That's It's the last thing that you want to do, but I really genuinely think that it could be Heedle. I think, though, if you have someone like Kreider, on the team and he's on your second line because you have maybe Kako and Panarin on your first line. He is maybe the best option, you know, on this team to help the player transition back to center because he can drive a line and that's what you need from a center. So uh my point, yeah. Yeah, my first pick would be seeing Heedle play center with Kreider on his wing, see how things shake out. Would love to see a line of Kako, uh, I'm sorry, Kreider, Hedl, and Buchnevich. I think that has a lot of potential if they get the chance to play together. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, if you can, you can. But I, I would just focus on getting acclimated to the NHL and thriving, and then you can explore something else. But I still think maybe I would give Crafts off that look first before Kako. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, from from Boucher Banner's own Kevin Power. You're setting out to sea. You have 10 spots to fill in your crew. Choose five Rangers and five members of the BSB staff. All right. I'm going to go first. All right. Let's see what you got. My five members of the BSB staff were heading out to sea, you say? Heading out to sea. All right. Mike? No specific, uh, no specific destination or in, in no, no note of the size of the skiff, but we are heading out to sea. All right. So we have five of us. Yeah. Mike, you're coming. You're going to keep things light. You are creative. You are resourceful. We need you. I have a beard. Those go good on boats. Very good on boats. Tom, got to bring Tom. Tom, beard. Tom is a workhorse. You need something done. Tom is right there ready to do it, and he's going to work his ass off to do it. 
he's a good person to have on any team. Yeah. I want Kevin on my team because I feel like he has experience with boats. He understands water. Hmm. This this question did not come out of nowhere. But he's going to say, I know exactly what we're doing. So, Kevin's coming. I guess I'm the fourth, right? I mean, I have to be in this yeah, group. You, you have to be... You, I'm going to count myself, yeah. Now, five. Five is the tricky one. I'm going to bring Joe on the boat. Because... Terrible decision, Shana. It's just a terrible choice. Am I counting in the five? It says... You have 10 spots to fill on your crew. On your, okay, okay so, so I'm not in the five, so now I need two. All right, I'm bringing Joe because I think everyone's going to need someone to turn on and berate. <laughs> Unless we'll all kill each other. And if we. Someone oh. has to be eaten first when the rations run out. Right, yeah. so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say Joe gets that job. And maybe Joe surprises us. Maybe he does something that really shocks us, but he's the one I'm going to pick. Someone does have to swab the poop deck. Right. And then finally, fifth. I'm going to say Adam because I will not have to fight for food with Adam because Adam hates everything that I like. So I will never have to worry about going hungry because he'll be out there berating what I eat, which is fine because I'll just continue eating it. And as for players, Rangers specifically, you need Lundquist because if anyone can stay calm aboard a sinking ship, it's Lundquist. He's consistent. He's reliable. He can save you through anything. Mm. I'm going to go with Sabanajad because I think he can surprise you with how good he can be. He has a lot of potential. And he'll keep us entertained because he's very musical. That's true. I'm going to bring... Hmm. I'm going to bring Truva because he has an amazing dog and I hope that his dog gets to come. So, that's three. Right there. Boom. Um... I think Panarin should be on this ship because if you want to talk about anyone that can uh, has worked his way up the line and has dealt with shit, it's Panarin. And lastly, I'm going to go with Chris Kreider for his super strength. And wow. his book smart. We've seen him jump out of a pool. That could come in handy. Mm-hmm. That's my five. Your turn. All right. So, obviously I'm taking you. You and I get along. Or else. I feel, I feel if, if there's some sort of if a line is drawn and the, like the knives come out, I know that I can. I'll trust you to have my back. I'm bringing Tom for the same reason, also because he'd be my first mate. Uh, like you said, he's a perfect first mate. Gets the job done. I'm gonna bring Phil, because Phil's been around the block. He's older than me. Um, you know, he's he's pretty even tempered. I think. I think he would be a, a good trustworthy guy to have on the seas. He also wears glasses, so. Let's say we need to start a fire. I can knock Phil unconscious and use his glasses as a magnifying glass to start a fire. Uh, I'm thinking survival here. I'm going to bring Brian. Um, again, Beard. Also, of all of our names, I think Brian Winters sounds the most like a crew member from one of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Like, Brian Winters. That sounds like a pirate name to me. Um, how many is that? I have you, Tom, Phil, Brian. I'm going to bring Young Jack. I need a cabin boy. I don't know as much about Jack as I'd like to. I feel like this would be a good opportunity to bond with young Jack. Uh, again, Jack, good pirate name. I like it. Jack McKenna, good pirate name. Very uh, good pirate name. From the Rangers roster. 
Yeah, I'm definitely not bringing Joe, by the way. That would be a, a terrible idea. Um, Rangers roster, I'm going for, for Pirates. Greg McKegg, obviously a Pirate. Uh, Brendan Lemieux acts the most like a Pirate. Uh, Boone Nieves, just a great nickname for a great, Pirate. Boo. Great name. And this is where we have to start making some tough choices. Because how do I not have Henrik Lundqvist in that hair? Oh, boy, oh, boy. Adam Fox. It's a pretty decent pirate name. I like it. I like Igor Rikov. I've seen a lot of uh, Russian uh, submarine movies. I feel like it would be good to have someone like that around. I think I'm at four. I'm probably yeah, at four. Yeah. One oh, more. God. Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. You know what? Jesper Fast, because I believe he'd be game. I think he'd so. figure it out. Nice choices. Doesn't have a great pirate name, but you know what? It's a solid like name. It. Yeah, I think so. Um, our next question, Shana, after that amazing question. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, from Gray Market. Where does the Rangers prospect pool rank after Kako, Crab, and Fox inevitably make the team this year? So I guess the question is, how good is it with, with those guys out of the picture if we don't count them as prospects anymore? Hmm. And... I still think they rank well. I mean, there's players they added this year. I think we were all pretty happy with how they came out of the 2019 draft. Even Kako aside, you know, he was the star of it. But they made some solid moves. Uh, a couple really interesting Finnish and Swedish players. Still got Andre Miller. Still got mm-hmm. Nils Lundqvist. Still got Joey Keane and Zach Jones and players like that. That you know, they're still intriguing. In the top half of the league. So still. Yeah, I would I would say top half of the and league. Igor is still not. But on uh, without Kako and yeah, mm-hmm. you're gonna take Fox out if he's on the team. Stuff. You're, you're a, obviously I mean, losing a lot of good players. Yeah, that's a lot of yeah, it's a lot of the cream there. But there's you still you a could lot lose a lot of there's players, but I still think that they they'd be solid. You know, but thinking about this, whenever I but, use um, lotion of any kind, I always find I have too much of it. Cream. You'll always find more cream. That's yeah, really what I'm yeah. getting to. No, that, you, you need too much and too little. Just There's... wipe it on a towel. Yeah. You or because I'm bald, little. I just throw it on top of my head. No, you don't want too little. I like put it on my legs. Like if I'm in shorts, I'm like, oh, I'll just put some on my legs. See, that's good. They're there. That's Why not? If not, I wipe it on my jeans when and then I'm Yeah, then because like, it'll look like a body of fluid that's inappropriate if it dries badly on on your jeans anyway um no like i'm talking like side no like side of my jeans you know not like i'm not even thinking like a color it's just like you have a grease stain oh on your jeans you don't want that i don't want to wash my jeans that's what i was saying it just yeah it's all bad news you don't wash your jeans you do it like as rarely Um, as possible especially because i don't know about you but i barely i want my my jeans jeans. to be able to to be so dirty that they can get up on their own and walk away once a month if that um yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want anyway. my jeans to. to Our next question. On a um, this this is a baseball equivalent yeah. question, so you're going to be more useful than I am. Who are your picks to be the Geo okay. Urshela? I probably didn't say that name mm, right. Urshela. Someone who comes out of nowhere. Urshela. Is it Urshela? Urshela. Coachella. Okay, yeah. I'm going to call him Gio Coachella. Yeah. 
and Gio just played better Very good than what anyone reasonably expected to. So who's that that's underdog who we don't expect to be good that's going to be a big old deal for the New York Rangers? This question was from Kenny from at this and all that on Twitters. I feel like Greg McKegg was that for the Hurricanes last year, especially in the playoffs. You got damn And right. he was like that shocker. Yeah, I just don't know if I see that happening. You're goddamn this right. Year? Now do I. <laughs> Not even a little um, bit do I see that happening, but I mean I don't I, I think I think we overlook Kraps off a bit, but I don't think he's someone that it's gonna be some huge shock if he like kills it this year. So I don't know if I even want to, like, have him in there. There's, hmm. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm going to say it's Leah's fucking Anderson. That's exactly who I was going to say. Exactly who I was thinking. Because expectations for Leas are so low, mm-hmm. unfairly so. And I feel like it, he has an opportunity to just play with a big middle finger mentality. And, and get minutes. Prove something to himself, get some minutes, and play some hockey. Yeah. Exactly. He, I, I agree. Like, this is not a guy who's going to be a 65-70 point forward. He doesn't have to be that guy. That may be what a lot of Rangers fans expect, considering where he was drafted, but the number of people who have written him off already is really surprising to me. Um, especially because, whether you like it or not, this is a guy who's going to get opportunities to stick around for a while. And he should. He, he deserves and more he oppor- opportunities than he's gotten. And I'm hoping this is the year he gets them. I think if he can get solid third-line minutes, I, I really think he could have a good year. And if you try to make, you know, if you go with, like, a shutdown line and go him with Mestrov and Foster, I think they could be great. Like, I, it goes without saying, you know, he had 42 games and two goals and four assists last season. He's he was a better player than that, even last year. Like, and that's strictly from the production standpoint. I just think that he has so much more to offer. Like, I, I don't think he's something gonna have like you know a Ryan Strom shooting eighteen percent season or anything like that. That's not what I'm trying to say. But I'm, if you're talking about a guy who exceeds expectations and kind of comes out of nowhere, Leo Anderson is so much out of most people's like you know, consideration for what this roster is going to be and what it's going to do, that I feel like he has that opportunity to be that kind of dark horse who reminds everyone, like, oh, yeah, by the way, I am one of these these players who can be a part of this team, you know, for the foreseeable future. I am a, a building block foundational player. It just, right. He's not as sexy as Kravstov or Kako or, you know, or even, you know, Keandre Miller. You know, the list goes on of the prospects who have kind of become more, you know, We've had so much more hype around them, but I, I just like his ability to be a guy who, like, like you said, on a great third line is like an energy line, third line center, who becomes really adept at the two-way game, and you know, someone you begin to trust in like shorthanded situations and stuff like that. He can become a really important role player this year, um, and that would be an awesome step forward for him. And I really, really, really want him to start the year with the Rangers just for his confidence. If nothing else, just for his confidence. Um, Agreed. That would be a great, great place for him to start and just kind of go from there, see what happens. But man, oh man, like, after if I have to pick someone outside of him, I'm not even sure who I would go to, Shayna. Like, maybe... Mm. I don't know. know. I don't know of anyone that, like, is expected 
to not expected to do. Yeah, maybe what? Brendan Lemieux has a big year. I don't know. Like maybe Cristobal Nieves is another guy who's he's an interesting one. Out. Like I do wonder he's, if he finally yeah. cements cements his place as that fourth line center. And yeah, that's a that's going to be a tough job for him though. There's so much there's so much crowding really for that. Yeah. You know, those those that bottom six forward group. There's like we all know the kids we want to make the the lineup, and they should have every opportunity to, but. Someone like Nieves, who they did choose to re-sign for, you know, a year. And it seems like Quinta is, you know, higher on him and will give him that that yeah, chance. It definitely so, seems like uh, you know. he likes him more than AV ever did. But I don't know if he reaches the... I guess I, I just don't know if he reaches the same as I would I would put Leas in as, like a, as a surprise. It, it could yeah, happen, yeah. but... I don't think he has the same potential for impact, no. for sure. But he is another guy maybe that... You know, is completely off the radar. Who could become a really important player this season? Like if there's an injury or something, and then you know Nieves gives this team a really good fourth line. I mean, it's not the sexiest story in the world, but it's it's, yeah. I mean, it's something. Yeah. At times last season, like when you look at what Nieves's like toolkit is, like with his size, his ability to skate, like he has these little flashes of making these great offensive plays. You're like, what? What do we have here? It's just the fact that he's already 25 and, you know, was part of a Rangers prospect group that wasn't really good, especially among forwards. But he's been the one who's stuck around, you know. He's he's the one who's made a case for himself and proven himself in Hartford. And now it would be great if, you know, he got some minutes. But is that going to come at the cost of someone else? I don't know. So we'll have to see. But, you know, he played. it's easy for some people to forget. He played 43 games last season. Yeah, it's a lot. Of, that's more than half the year he was up with the Rangers. So um, I feel like that was a good one. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Well, Shana, I think that's that's all of our questions. This I week, have one question for you. Oh my god! No, no, this is a good one. What would you envision to be the Rangers' next third jersey? What is like the ideal third Ooh. jersey for you? Okay. You know the heritage jersey? Mm-hmm. That the blue with like the the cream, Wait, the off white. I really am curious if you're gonna take the same thing I'm thinking. So hold on, go. Yeah, go with that. Okay. You take those colors and that and like stripe that scheme collar, and then you take the Lady Liberty and you throw it on it. Oh, okay. We're going different directions. Well, how dare you? Okay, it's not the worst idea. I know everyone is very big on you're, the Lady Liberty you're just, jersey. You're just rude, Shana. You, you know what You're it younger is? than me, and you're rude. You don't remember it the way I do. I remember it. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be completely honest here. And if he ever listens to this and hears this, I apologize. My cousin was a huge fan of the Lady Liberty jersey. Or to What's death. your cousin's name? My cousin was Kevin. Is Kevin. And, and home address. Yeah, let me... And social security. <laughs> my sisters, if they, I'm sure my older sister might listen to this if she hears this. She's like, I know she feels the same exact way about this. But he always wore that goddamn jersey and it just made me dislike it. I don't know what it is. What does that say about how you feel about your cousin Kevin? Oh, when we were younger, Monster. we didn't get along. We, because he, like, I, we would, like, beat each other up. So, like, it would annoy me. Like, so you would have bought out this Kevin too, wouldn't you, Shana? No. No, I'd let him. I'd let him develop into a human being, which he did, <laughs> and now he's a good human being. But it it really like soured me on it. But like honestly, here's the thing: the arm stripes I kind of dig. 
when I had to start doing the scarves and I, I like really looked into them, I was like, I kind of like these arm string, these arm stripes. But the bottom of the jersey, I have a thing. I like stripes on the bottom of a jersey, and it doesn't have that. And I don't see where you could even put one in without it being a lot with those arm stripes. Maybe just like a strip of red at the bottom would do the trick for me. But what I would do if I was designing the third jersey, and I love the heritage sweaters. And if they were like, that's what we're doing, here for it. Because I think those were really nice. I like how mm. it said New York. I love the cream instead of white as a vintage feel. I wish more. Yeah, so do I. I'm big on it. Yeah. So I think one of my favorite jerseys the Rangers have done was their first winter classic jersey. I think it was beautiful. It was the cream, the vintage logo. It was really nice. And um, I agree with that. If you, that was a great jersey. It was. If you wanted. I hated the stadium series jerseys. Oh, they were terrible. Like they looked like Wolfpack jerseys. They just weren't nice. They did and look like Wolfpack jerseys, didn't they? I hated the chrome logo. So if you could yeah. just put that winter classic logo on the heritage sweater i think that'd be a really nice feel so you still have the navy still have the stripes with the cream and go with that logo on it i get they want their alternate to stay blue or navy instead of cream so yeah that would be my solution i think i think i like your idea more than my idea i like my idea more than your idea because i'm like sour on the lady of liberty jersey but maybe someday yeah, because you're biased. I am, but it's just not that cool. It's overrated. Everyone's obsessed with it, and I don't get it. Especially when the Rangers have as nice of home and away jerseys as they do. Like, that just, it doesn't do it justice, in my opinion. They could hmm. do better, and I know it. And I've seen it, because you had the Heritage jerseys and the Winter Classic. And if you put two and two together, you have excellent jerseys. And that Thanks, Gina. Well, is you my gave idea. me a really fun question, and like I was worried you were going to put me on a spot in like a compromising position. You didn't do that, so I'm going to return the favor by doing to you what I feared you were going to do to me. Oh, great! All right, you're in. You're on the team plane, and I don't know. Have you ever seen the movie Alive? No. Okay. Well, it's it's a terrible movie. It's based on a true story. Uh, plane goes down. Not a fun time in the mountains, and it's a soccer team, and they have to decide which people they eat, essentially. Oh, my God. Comes, comes down to that. So what I want to know from you, uh, a widely published hockey journalist, is one player in the NHL, not specific to the Rangers, if you have to eat one, if you have to consume another human being, who do you eat? Mm. You eat Phil like Kessel. The rumor has it. You get a lot of hot dogs. I am a big hot dog fan. Because <laughs> it's tough for me. It's like, do I eat a player I don't like? Do no, I eat Tom like Wilson? you don't want someone. No, I don't want a He's player that's like sour grapes. Because yeah. what if they're sour or they're salty or something like that? Like, I don't want that. Oh my god! Yeah. Why do I have to think of this question? A player I would well, eat. This is just what I did. This is what is I there did. any player who's like a renowned chef that you could be like, that's what I want because they probably taste good because they eat so well? Or a player who's like known for being incredibly fit like a total gym rat who grabner oh, it's phil kessel or grabner for me i'm just going to arizona that's it going to arizona with a fork and knife and a bib on myself when i go you're on coming the back with a full stomach i mean it's gonna they're both much larger than me so you know like yes. when a, a snake eats a rat yeah. I'm going to look like you that, but like, it's a fucking human being sticking out of me. That's yeah, normal. Yeah, do that thing where you unhinge your jaw like a snake. Ew. Um, Who would yeah. you eat? I can't steal your answers, cause, but they're so goddamn good. Hmm. 
Because Grabner, I feel like he would actually laugh about it. He's like, okay. All right. I get it. All right, go. He has that personality. A super fit. Hmm. You know who I might use is Brent Burns. I like it. Because he's a hunter and he eats a lot of game. And I want to try more, like, I want to try elk and stuff. And I feel like if I eat Brent Burns, I might get a little bit of that. Right. Fair enough. And, like, I can maybe keep his beard, you know. Yeah. I like wear it. it over my beard like a serial killer. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't like that. I decided I decided for us to have this on a on a podcast that goes Joe's out. Joe's like, I'm never letting these two idiots do it again. <laughs> like, Joe, yes, we will. I'm super under the weather for this, but this just made me very happy. The questions and thinking about eating another human being. I was going to say the Jersey question, but you know, eating another human being. Yeah, the Jersey question was fun too. Um, We also talked about cream a lot, but you know what? At the end of the day, Mm -hmm. just like holding up, like, I think Brent Burns has like a a full tattoo sleeve on his arms. Just just holding that arm up and eating it like 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 a chicken leg, you know, like a drumstick. That's You're such a weirdo. All right, and with that, folks, um, thanks for listening to this week's Off the Post. Shana, you and I said we were probably only going to record for like an hour. And here we are. We gave we gave the people like an hour and 45 minutes worth of podcast content this week. See so. you guys. Off-season um, content. Yeah, boom. Uh, definitely check out Blue Shirt Banner for stories. You can also read Shana's work at The Athletic. Uh, she recently wrote a really fun article about... The a new team North America, but yeah. it would be cap compliant. Long live it Team just, North America. It's so fun, and you cut Jack Eichel. I know people are really upset. I, I'm not paying ten million dollars for a third line center when Barzil is no. perfectly fine. Like enough. And you obviously have to have McDavid. McDavid and Matthews. Then, and you have to have Matthews. And so then I have Sorelli as a fourth line ex- center, and I would not. You could not tell me anyone else to make me change my mind. Anthony Sorelli is my fourth line center. I will. Stick my foot in cement for that one. He's my fourth line center. He's a fantastic player. I like it. Thanks. Thanks so much. All right. All right. Thanks um, for listening, guys. And I just want to say you shouldn't eat human beings. Don't do it. Just want to. Yeah, it's ill-advised. Not a good idea. Um, you know, if it's a survival situation, maybe. But even still, maybe not. And with that, goodbye. Goodbye.